What's up, junkies? Welcome back in for another edition of Pigskin Junkies. Myself, Michael Larson, big brother Jerry Larson, and Scott Panza here to talk week 14 of the NFL season. We are Ooh, rocking and rolling. Baby. Oh, yes. Great slate of games this weekend. Awesome slate. Uh, some potential playoff matchups. Um, it's This is a juicy weekend. I'm excited. Scott, are you drunk? These games are awful. Whoa. <laughs> Bills, Ravens, Niners, Saints, two... Chiefs, Pats. Well, okay. Then maybe I... Uh... Guys... I don't want to steal the thunder here, but maybe we, uh, (laughs) you and I may have differing opinions on uh, rotation number (laughs) one, five, two. Ooh. (laughs) So the first game, we'll start with the Thursday nighter. Uh, Just a heads up, we are recording on a Wednesday. So when you hear this, it will be Saturday. So any information that comes out from Thursday morning. Check Twitter, people. Yeah. Yeah. Saturday. It's It's holiday party season. The, the big guy's got a, a big couple nights out. And oh, then, cool. uh, yeah, so we got to record on a Wednesday. But we'll be undeterred because catching a little rhythm right now and only three and a half back in gold. So there's a, this is a big, big weekend. If you've been reading the, the, the emails, we're just – it's like the movie Major League. I'm just pulling Rachel Phelps' uh, shirts off. And just trying to get that get her down to the bikini, just like the the Indians. So we need a big Roger Dorn night, a big Roger Dorn weekend ahead. <laughs> the baseball team. For those of you who watch anything other than uh, who who Come don't on. watch any sport other than the you football. guys haven't seen the movie Major League. I have seen Major League. Okay. All right. Jared. I've only seen it one, like once. Oh, my goodness. Is that, oh, that Rick Charlie Wild Sheen. Yeah, it's Charlie oh, yeah. Sheen. Charlie Sheen took steroids apparently for that movie so he can throw gas in his scenes. <laughs> he did his own say, Yeah, I was going to say, like, I'm sure there's lots of reasons why he took steroids. <laughs> Throwing gas for Major League is at the very bottom of the potential <laughs> list. <laughs> so the Thursday nighter, uh, two teams jockeying for a uh, playoff position. The Cowboys keep trying to give it away to the Eagles, but the Eagles say, I don't want it. And the Bears and Mitchell Trubisky somehow are still floating around in existence. Bears at home, but a dog to the boys, minus three. Uh, No, I want no piece of this one. Uh, I would be leaning Bears, uh, but both of them are on regular rest because they both played on Thanksgiving last week. Um, You know, the Cowboys got another gift by the Eagles just into the Dolphins on the road last weekend, so... The division is still theirs, uh, but I, I lean Bears in this uh, situation, but I, I don't want to touch either one of these teams. They're both dumpster fires right now, so pass. I agree with Scott. I was also going to point out uh, that both of these teams are on regular rest as opposed to the typical Thursday night short rest because they both played <clears throat> Excuse me, on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, I will lean to uh, – so no part of the side – I'll probably be on the under. Uh, I'm seeing some 43 and a halfs right now. Uh, I'll actually probably watch this game because I expect there to be a lot, a lot of running, and uh, could potentially be over by about 10:50. So that is uh, a little late, but um, if I decide to go click, click, click between now and then, uh, it's palatable for me to stay up till about 11 to get the end of the game oh. because it's never under till it's over. 
boys and girls. <laughs> uh, yuck. Uh, next up, big matchup for the Wagon and the Buffalo Bills at home taking on the Ravens, but the Ravens are favored minus five and a half. Um, this is uh, obviously if you've been listening, you know, we're a huge Bills backer uh, podcast. I will pump the brakes on this one. I'm going to stay away. I don't want to bet against the Ravens. Um, the the I've, I lean Bills in this position, home dog, getting more than a field goal uh, to uh, playoff-bound teams. Yeah, I really like potentially the Bills in this spot, but I just I don't want to touch it. It's just this is going to be, the other than the Pats, the biggest test for the, the Bills all season. Um, the Cowboys last week, the, that's not a real test. This is a real test for them. I want to see how they react. Also with the Ravens, they're very turnover happy defense. Josh Allen, while he's gotten away from turning the ball over in the past few weeks, he has had that bug earlier in his career, especially against better defenses like the Patriots that turned him over a lot. And earlier this season, I think they turned him over four times. So um, I'm going to pump the brakes. I'm going to stay away from this one. I lean bells, but uh, I think there's a lot of concern because the Ravens can turn turn them over and also i don't know how the the bills are going to defend uh lamar jackson because they have gotten beaten on the ground quite a bit this season and their strength is more in the secondary uh so pass lean bills pass uh i'm gonna go back to the well with the buffalo bills i think sean mcdermott gets not nearly enough credit finally now after last week's extremely public dismantling of the Dallas Cowboys. I think that they'll start to get a little bit more credit as a coaching staff. Uh, but I think everyone would feel comfortable at this point in the season saying that the bills are going to make the playoffs in the AFC. Uh, and that would be two out of the three years that that staff has been coaching. Uh, and they inherited an absolute abomination that had not been to the playoffs since I believe the music city miracle. Uh, so it's complete systemic change. Uh, I think, in my mind, a defense like the Bills is comparable to that uh, of what we saw from the San Francisco 49ers. This game is not in Baltimore. It is in Buffalo. Uh, it scares me to death to bet against Lamar Jackson. But, again, I, I see a lot of running in this game. I see something very low scoring. In fact, the total is exactly the same as Chicago and Dallas at 43.5. And... Uh, I mean, look—you're getting to the point where the Bills are nine and three, Ravens are ten and two, Patriots are ten and two. So this is this could be a crucial game as it pertains to a uh, potential buy for the Bills and/or uh, playoff seating. So um, you know they're going to be ready to go. That kind of goes without saying. But uh, I think five and a half, probably just a little too much. Uh, I would I would lean towards making this three, three and a half. It's going to be a tough one for the uh, for the junkies to watch. I. I figured, Scott, you were going to lean that way. It truly has been amazing to watch what the Bills have done, but it's hard to go against Lamar Jackson and what he's been doing. That team yeah. is uh, pretty phenomenal. Bills' best team against the spread this season, 8-3-1, if you look at closing lines. So, I mean, they, they've been they've been proving people wrong all season. Printing money. Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think so this will that, shift that, more in the favor of the Ravens as we get closer to Sunday? I guess when they're hearing this, you think it'll have moved? You know, right now I'm seeing 74% of bets are on the Ravens and the Lions been pretty static. I, I, I imagine maybe this gets, gets up to six, but not beyond that. I think there they'll be support at six for the Bills. And 
you know, with that type of activity already on the Ravens, if it hasn't moved, I, I can't imagine it's going to move a, a whole heck of a lot. Plus, the Bills are fully healthy. They don't, have, they don't have they have one guy on the injury report today, which is just incredible. They are hitting this the late injury, in the season, feeding the injury bug. It's incredible. Well, from one Arctic tundra to another, we're going to go to Lambeau Field, where the Packers are favored by 12 and a half against the Washington Redskins. Uh, I'm going to lay this big number again against the Redskins. Uh, I still just don't buy it. Uh, a really impressive uh, game last week from Darius Geis, but the the Packers, what they did to Daniel Jones is what they can do to Dwayne Haskins this weekend and just turn him over on the road in cold, snowy uh, Lambeau. Um, I think this is a really tough spot for them, and the the Packers have been better against the run than they are against the pass, and Dwayne Haskins does not scare me throwing it on this defense. So I will lay the 12.5. I hate the, – these are big numbers to lay, but I'll just lay the lumber here. Yeah, I'll pass. Uh, Washington has uh, had a couple uh, weeks in a row here at home that they've performed uh, pretty well, gotten a couple wins, stand to 3-9. and nine. Uh, but no interest in in laying point, or excuse me, no interest in in riding with Dwayne Haskins as he goes on the road to a uh, we'll call it a major environment, the first uh, of its kind as it pertains to him going on the road as an NFL quarterback. So hard pass here. Uh, Scott said it's a pretty big number, twelve and a half, which is borderline allergic reaction for me in the NFL. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Are you are you guys buying Packers hype or do you I mean do you guys see these as a potential playoff? Do you think they have what no. it takes to compete? I have I don't think they have any shot in the playoffs. Uh they will have to go on the road. Uh Aaron Rodgers on the road historically very subpar. I I don't see them making any waves in the playoffs not at Seattle, not at San Francisco or not at New Orleans. So I think they'll be a one in, uh they'll win uh, their first round matchup and then be done so. They haven't played anybody. They really I don't haven't. think we know. I don't think we know. I mean, they beat. So I'll rip it off real quick. At Bears versus Vikings. So home Vikings win. Home Broncos lost to the Eagles. At Cowboys versus Lions versus Raiders. At Chiefs with no Mahomes. At Chargers loss. First Panthers win at Niners. I mean, I just you know blown out by the Niners, and then they beat the Giants. I just don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't trust them. No, me either. Not at all. It'll be interesting. And they're the rest of their schedule. I mean, Skins, Bears, at Vikings, and then at Lions. So they should go at least three and one. Yeah, agreed. So they can sneak in. Uh, I mean, twelve and four at least. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, next up on the docket, Texans at home minus nine against the Denver Broncos. Uh, I mean, no one's going to be riding higher than the, trying to back a Texans team off a win against the Patriots. I will be on the Broncos uh, defense. Uh, can get after the quarterback. Texans uh, offensive line still vulnerable. Uh, Drew Locke playing with some passion. Cortland Sutton is legit. Uh, too much of a number to lay to this Broncos team. Not a huge fan of them, but uh, I will. I will be there back in the Drew Locke this weekend. Yeah, I'm with you, Scott. Um, Broncos wise, I just 
I look at this uh, Houston team coming off a huge, very public blowout of uh, of the pay, of the Pats. Don't let that uh, score indicate anything differently. Pats got two garbage time touchdowns. That was a bloodbath, really, uh, from the jump, in my estimation. And uh, I think this is a little too heavy on the number here and what I expect to be a game played in the 20s. So uh, if Denver and Drew Locke are able to hang even 14 points, I think this will easily get the cover. Uh, I know the lines are out for the contest already, but I would love to grab a 10 here uh, if one of those pops up in the market. Next up on the card for week 14. Saints at home against the 49ers, minus two and a half. You know, this is a, a Saints team that's burned me when I've tried to bet against them uh, in the Superdome. Uh, I would lean the 49ers here. A really tough spot for them, though, coming. And I actually don't know. I've been trying to find out if the, if the Niners have stayed on the East Coast after this Ravens game, uh, and that would swing my opinion of whether to back the Niners or not in this game. If they have stayed on the East Coast, I will definitely be backing the Niners. I still I have the beat reporter is not letting me know. Uh, so I got to find out about that, uh, and I will tweet it out when I do. Uh Eileen 49ers here. I think that they should just run all over the Saints team. I think Drew Brees is going to really struggle to move the ball against this defense and be under constant duress. Uh, you know, Andrews Pete should be out again um, from looking at the injury report today. So, uh, you know, I, I like this Niners team. I think they're very much legit and they, they really have to keep pace with Seattle because they're about, they're bumped down to the, the, the five hole right now. And, uh, going to have to play a road game to start off the uh, playoffs as it stands right now. So they got to, they got to keep pace and they got to get a win. Yeah. This is a team I've been on the Niners a whole ton this season. Um, this line stinks to me. Uh, I understand that there's a huge home field advantage for the New Orleans saints. I was actually just in New Orleans last uh, day. So uh, the town's buzzing. They're excited about their saints. Uh, but I continue to be impressed by Brian Shanahan and the job that they're doing uh, out in San Francisco, most importantly on the defensive side of the ball. So probably won't have a bet here unless I can grab a three with the Niners, uh, which it's looking like it may get to. I'm seeing some two and a halfs uh, extended juice pretty much everywhere currently. But um, yeah, been really impressed with Garoppolo. I think the defense of uh, the defense and the defensive line specifically for the Niners has played fantastically all season uh, and we'll be able to get a little bit of heat on on Drew Brees I mean I think what this is indicating is that the Niners are a slightly better team on a neutral uh, which I agree with and and depending on who you speak to um, probably somewhere between three and four points for home field advantage for the Saints Drew Brees in a dome I feel like that's the age yeah, old uh People have been saying that about Tom Brady, though, too, and it's that, <laughs> that luster's starting to wear. Whoa, I don't whoa. want to get too far ahead of myself. Ten here, and two. People uh, said he was done last year, went on the road to beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Let's, let's pump the brakes on the Tom Brady hatred. <laughs> He's got to be putting on more PJs. It's getting real cold outside. Next game, Browns minus eight and a half against the in-state rival Cincinnati Bengals. 
Freddie Kitchens trying to, to lay more than a touchdown in division. Just no freaking way. Give me the Bengals. Give me the points here. John Ross back for this game. They The Bengals do have weapons on the offensive side of the ball between Tyler Boyd, Tyler Eifert, uh, John Ross. And oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You said Tyler Eifert sucks. For I mean, the he, he can never stay hurt. On, he can never stay healthy. Put him on. He can never stay hurt. He can never stay healthy. Put him on Chris Godwin watch. Oh god. Oh, god. Uh, too soon. Godwin too soon. Me. Don't Chris Godwin me. It's been a rough <laughs> fantasy season. <laughs> um, I mean, just the Browns laying more than a touchdown is just an insult. Um, Prairie Kitchens is such a bad coach. He, he'll be one and done. He's uh, he's going to be the next one to go. So I'll, I'll take the eight and a half. The Bengals they burned me quite a bit last year, but they came through last week. And Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton got that defense or that offense going quite a bit. So uh, I'll, I'll take the, the eight and a half. Red Rifle, yeah, I want no part of the Bengals coming off that uh, big win first of the season against the Jets, but also absolutely zero interest in laying greater than a touchdown with the Cleveland Browns. I mean this team continues to get respect like they're eight and four and uh they're five and seven so um i think they'll get the win but uh i agree with you scott just no interest in laying more than a touchdown with uh freddie kitchens in with the cleveland browns pass next up on the docket i lost my place in the calendar technical difficulties falcons this is just the toilet bowl Falcons yeah. minus three at home against the now head coachless uh, Carolina Panthers. Uh, I was telling Jared before this, uh, before we started airing, you know, it's really funny watching all the con- all the talking heads out there feeling so bad for Ron Rivera. The guys coached the Panthers for nine nine plus seasons. He's made so much freaking money. He's going to have a job waiting for him. You have a new owner come in. Of course, he's going to want to shake things up. And quite frankly, they haven't been good for a few years now. So it's not surprising that Ron Rivera is going out the door. Quick. Very funny David Tepper story. David Tepper was working at Goldman Sachs. He wanted to become a partner. The the boss there said he would not become partner. He left. He started a hedge fund. He became very successful. Uh, Years down the road, the same boss was selling his house in the Hamptons. David Tepper bought that house and demolished it and built a new house on top of it. That is a total... Hoss move by the 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 new owner of the Panthers. It, now I find it hilarious. Give it a Google. David Tepper Hamptons house story. It's really funny. Uh, as for this game, I will take neither side. They both teams make me sick. I can't stand to watch either of them right now. Uh, staying away. If it turns on the red zone, I would changing the channel. Pass. <laughs> oh. Changing, Changing the, the channel sh- off of Red Zone, you can't do that. That's illegal. <laughs> kind sir. Um, yeah, I'm not touching this game either. Who knows what's going on with the Panthers? Uh, Kyle Allen, ever since I got on the bandwagon, the, the axles have been snapping, and uh, he has not played well at all. Also want no part of this Falcons team. Uh, we saw a Matt Ryan is going to push Jameis Winston for more interceptions in the uh, NFC South. This is the Saints division. It's over at this point in the year already. This is just uh, meaningless fodder for 
degens like us to, to fire away at, but I, I will not take the bait here. Pass. <laughs> degens like us. That's right. Get a abbreaves it. Uh, next up, Lion. Golly. Motor City Kitties traveling to U.S. Bank Stadium to take on the Vikings, who I will admit, I, after the third quarter, I said I'm going to watch the rest of the game in bed. And I made it about three snaps, and I was passed out for the rest of the game. <laughs> uh, it's it's late. It's tough, Mike. Uh, you're getting old, my friend. Uh, <laughs> Eileen Vikings lay the 13 against David Blau and these Lions, but uh, I'll probably stay away. I think there's just juicier games. I'll probably have Vikings and teasers, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I I expect Thielen to be back for this game, but and Dalvin Cook should be a go, and the the line secondary is awful, and this is a get right spot for the the Vikings defense off after just giving up 37 points um, to the Seahawks and trying take it to these Lions. But if any action, it'll be a small cash play and teasers for the Vikings. Yeah, David Blau uh, came out hot. For all of America to see, uh, I think they will be getting some tape on him uh, in Egan on understanding where his tendencies and weaknesses are. Uh, it seems to happen every year that a rookie comes in or a new guy comes in and kind of lights the world on fire in their first game and then comes crashing down hard. So I actually lean Vikings uh, in this game. Uh, I don't see a number up currently, which is uh, surprising to me. So potentially some news out there now. Uh, we'll see how that one plays out uh, with the contest numbers. Still waiting on the Circa numbers, um, which I will be locked in on since I went 4-1 and one last week and trying to get that fourth quarter bonus. Yeah, I'll be a uh, – Cousins look good. Uh, Seahawks just came out in the third quarter, and it just was uh, a little too hard to, to dig out of the hole. And I'm going to say this. Russell Wilson, I know we love Danger Russ on this podcast, but my goodness – his sound bites made me want to just do the opposite of run through a wall. I wanted to just curl yeah. up by a fire and drink coffee. I don't even drink coffee. It seemed kind of fake. Yeah. It, Scott, did you watch or listen to any of that? No, I didn't. I didn't catch it. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to send you the sound bite, but it was the most painful. He's like, all right, guys, let's get high right here. Huh? What do you say? And no one ever says anything back to him. He just looks like the weird guy in the office. Hashtag Dan Cook. Uh, <laughs> like no one, like he talks to all these people and everyone's like, yeah, that's great, Russ, whatever. Just leave me alone. Keep doing you. We'll do us. But anyhow. Yeah. It's a, it's a very unique vibe. Yes. That's a good word, Jared. Unique <laughs> New York. Unique New York. Jets. New York. Jets. Minus five and a half at home. Against the Finns. Uh, do you smell Ryan Fitzpatrick revenge game? I don't want to overreact to what the Dolphins just did to the Eagles, but uh, you know Ryan Fitzpatrick does have this offense moving quite a bit. And uh, two weeks ago, I was laying the lumber against Dolphins. Uh, last week, I laid the lumber again, and the the Dolphins burned me. Uh, I'm leaning Dolphins in this one just because I think Brian Flores is just a significantly better coach than Adam Gase. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to want to stick it to uh, the New York Jets. Uh, also, the Dolphins don't really care about running the ball at all, and the only strength of Jets is uh, their run defense. So you're going to see a lot of Devontae Parker 
a lot of Alan Hearns, a lot of Albert Wilson, just a lot of household names just trying to light up the scoreboard against the Jets. Uh, I do expect Sam Darnold to bounce back. So this what is what gives me pause in this one. Uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll lean Dolphins uh, catching more than a field goal here. Yeah, continually no respect for Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Miami Dolphins offense. The guy has come in since Josh Rosen went down and just absolutely carved up opposing defenses. <laughs> Granted, some of it is in garbage time, but when you're getting five points, does anyone really feel like the Jets are going to blow them out? So even if they're up by 10 or 11 in the fourth quarter, you have the ability to swing through the back door here. So I'm with Scott. I lean Dolphins. Uh, I'm going to want a little bit more intel, and, and yeah, the Jets getting there. You know what stuffed in uh, last week by the Bungles is the only thing that really gives me reason for for a pause here. But uh, I would lean Dolphins as well. Yeah, it'll be a uh, an interesting one. You know, I think it's getting to the point with Fitzpatrick that I think every week could be a revenge game for him, Scott. Yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't make it any less fun to say Brian Fitzmagic revenge game. It's true. Uh, next up. Fitzmagic revenge game potential, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus three against the Indianapolis Colts. You know, the the, the thing with the, I want to back the Colts in this spot because I think that their defense will, in particular their defensive line is going to get after James Winston and force some turnovers. It's just the Colts are just so banged up. No T.Y. Hilton again. Chester Rogers hurt or Zach Pascal hurt. Uh, I mean, they're, they, they're running out of options. So uh, I'm going to stay away from this one. I think that the Colts' defense could uh, could score some points against Jameis, but uh, it's just it, Jameis is playing a little hot right now, and the Colts just have no offensive firepower. So I'm going to probably stay away. Yeah, I don't. I've said it a million times on this podcast. I was wrong on him last week because Nick Foles decided he wanted to turn the ball over a thousand times. Uh, I have no interest in laying points with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, if you're going to give me some points on the road, I would love to grab them. So this is a stay away spot for me. Uh, Bucks will get back on the road, I believe, next week. Um, but, yeah, would love to bet the Colts here. Just can't get to the window. Scott said so banged up on offense. Uh, unfortunately, I've just been bit significantly by the uh, injury bug. But no, uh, no play here for me most likely. And the third and final team in the great state of Florida, the Jags at home. Home dogs to the Lightning Bolt Chargers, minus three. I mean, the the Chargers just saw their season flutter away last week for sure, as if it wasn't already obvious. And now they go on the road and they're cross country and they're going to go lay three to these Jaguars and Gardner Minshew, insult, Wonka Vader, pick of the week, Jacksonville Ooh. Jaguars, home dogs against these Chargers. Chargers just depleted. Uh, they may turn the ball over to Tyrod Taylor, which would be a disaster the last time he was a starting quarterback. Buffalo Bills, he put up a solid three points at the Jacksonville Jaguars in a playoff game, puke fest. Uh, so I will be back in the Jags, and they burned me quite a bit this season, but this is a great spot for them, catching the three at home against a very ineptly coached Chargers team. Yeah, I'm with you here. Uh, I'm going to get back to the window on the Jags. 
It's not the most comfortable thing in the world to do, but uh, when you look at how that game shook out, uh, I believe turned it over on the first three possessions last week against Tampa, and we're down uh, 15 nothing in span of three or four minutes. So it was really tough hole that they had to dig out of. Uh, Uncle Rico came in the game and started slinging it around the yard. I think you'll get a three-and-a-half here ultimately uh, on the Jags just because it was such a disgusting performance by them against a – Tampa Bay team last week that nobody really respects. Uh, I will also be getting to the window with the Jacksonville Jaguars getting a field goal, but uh, feel good about a money line bet at plus 150. And here's the game. Scott's been looking his chops for. We've been doing a lot of agreeing, but that's about it. Yeah, it all comes to an end here. Pat's at home, minus three against the Kansas City Chiefs. Fight. Bounce back spot for the Pats. Um, just a, 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 a team that they're going to be able to run the ball on and also that is not going to be able to run the ball on them. Uh, secondary is going to be on their A game against this Kansas City Chiefs team. Patrick Chung has had success against Travis Kelsey in the past. Uh, I, I just I just love the Pats in this spot off the law. Saw the chit-chat, a lot of chit-chat out there about how the Pats are done and, you know, the Super Bowl odds are opening up, blah, 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 blah. Uh, lay the three. I'll take the Pats. Uh, I think the Chiefs score 30, and I don't know how the Patriots match it. The, the handicap is really as simple as that for me. Uh, I think Patrick, me, and my, my homies are going to be slinging the rock. My new Mahomie. Uh, quite a bit. And uh, like I said, I, I I feel like I've been saying it for three or four weeks now, and I, I don't want to break my arm patting myself on the back here, but uh, the, the handicap has been spot on. This offense is not moving the ball with any type of consistency, and I don't – I'm with Scott. I, I this is not all fall on the shoulders of, of Tom Brady. The, the offensive line has not performed at a level uh, that's you know exquisite. Uh, they don't have a whole lot of talent at the wide receiver and or tight end uh, position. Missing Gronk is a vastly underrated, in my opinion, uh, hole from last year. And I just, again, they had been, they've been winning games because of their defense and because of their special teams. If that continues, they will continue to win games. But in a team against a team like Kansas City, you're going to have to get up and down the field uh, to compete. And I just don't see uh, a reason that would indicate they're able to do that uh, starting this week when they haven't been able to do it really the last six or eight weeks. Chiefs. You guys got anything else you want to talk about? Scott, any rebuttal? I'll give you one minute for a rebuttal. <laughs> you know, it's very fair. I mean, they're they're going through some growing pains on offense. Um, you know, they got the running game going a little bit last week. They just you know, had to shy away from it because they just got down in that game. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's frustrating to watch as a Patriots fan. But historically, you just look at the Pats coming off losses. They're against the spread at home. They, they they just don't lose at home the past couple of years. And, you know, this line, you know, 
three weeks ago probably would have been six. So now it's three, and what's really changed all that much? Their offense hasn't changed all that much, and you know the def- uh, the Chiefs just uh, they they've caught some good breaks playing some bad teams, so the numbers come down. So Vegas is going to be rooting for the Pats this weekend. That is not a situation that you uh, have too often. So it's rare, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we know what happens the last time Vegas was rooting for the Pats. Uh, they they whammed uh, the Chargers hard last year. Mm, real hard. Next on the docket, the Duck Call Steelers at, or excuse me, traveling to Phoenix, or Scottsdale, to take on the Arizona Cardinals minus two and a half. Glendale. Oh. Glendale. God, I couldn't name a city in that state. Something yeah. in the desert. I'll yeah. tell you, this is just, it. this is a reek of a line. This is begging you to take the Steelers and Cardinals coming off that game last week against the Rams where they just couldn't get their offense going. Now their offensive line is really bad and the Steelers defensive line, which is one of the best in football, should be able to get after Kyler Murray. It's just, you know, off a win like last week for the Steelers that really get up for emotional games uh, and then they play down to opponents historically. I think this is a really this is a big trap game for them. This is a, an ugly spot going on the road to play Arizona. I'll back the Cardinals in this one. Um, and they I mean, this is this is this is a puke fest game and I'll take the cards. Back to agreeing with Scott, but this is my uh, front ways, back ways, Ooh. sideways, every which ways. Uh, Scott stole a little bit of my thunder there. Huge emotional spot last week for the Steelers. Uh, a very emotional team, uh, and they were able to uh, win a game at home with a third-string quarterback from a 1AA school, Duck Hodges, uh, and now have to travel west against a team that just got thumped in division uh, by Rams, which I actually somewhat anticipated happening. Um, and it's a short number. So I like, uh, as I said, one, this line reeks. Two, I think you'll ultimately get a three. Um, and then three, uh, I, I'm comfortable with betting it on the money line. Just Duck Hodges having to go on the road, uh, hostile environment, big letdown spot for an emotional team. Uh, I will definitely be backing the Cardinals uh, in this spot. Tomlin, coach of the year, still up in the air. I think it's oh, it's amazing. starting to build. It's starting to build momentum again. It's uh. I mean, this is a, a look ahead game for the the Steelers too. I mean, because next week they go, uh, they're home against the Bills and it's a Sunday night game. And who had uh, you know, the Duck Hodges led Steelers getting flexed to prime time against the <laughs> Buffalo Bills at the beginning of the yeah. season. So nobody, nobody for Shirt sure. So the wagons. Um, you guys all said nobody, so I was getting ready, and the yeah. Buffalo Bills were sad, and I was getting all juiced up. And you well, guys that just is true. Nobody does circle the wagons. There we go. Thank oh. you, oh, sir. Uh, the Oakland Raiders at home taking on the red hot Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. Oh man, no oh, man, get me get get me back on board with these Titans and and I know this is very similar to the game we just talked about is the Raiders got thumped in division on the road uh coming back home and the, the Tennessee Titans can be you know walking any taller off a couple of big wins and Ryan Tannehill's got his swag going so people may talk themselves into the Raiders and the thing with the Raiders Josh Jacobs sh- bad shoulder 
Uh, he was on Instagram this week talking about how he, you know some bone was broken on it since week seven. He's battling through injuries, didn't practice today. They got a ton of injuries, and where you're you're, you're going to beat the Tennessee Titans is in the secondary, not on the ground. And the only strength of this Raiders team is you know running the ball with Josh Jacobs. Derek Carr looks very pedestrian. I think this is probably his last season in Oakland, and they'll be moving on from him. Uh, so. I'll I'll lay the two and a half. I'll take uh, the road favorite going cross country with the Tennessee Titans. Mike Vrabel's got to keep his team hot because they got to keep pace with the Texans and they play them twice in the next three weeks. Uh, so this could be a little bit of a trap game for them. He's got to keep them right. I'll take the Titans. Wow. Yeah. Um, I agree with everything Scott said uh, in terms of how the Titans have been playing. Ryan Tannehill has looked fantastic the offenses look great i think they played a pretty close game with uh a uh indie team that we had discussed was knit hit pretty hard by the injury bug they got a uh, blocked kick for a touchdown at the end of the game and then were able to stretch it out a little bit uh i'm not ready to buy the titans at this price on the road uh, that, that being said i'm also not really interested in the raiders um i think they got pretty nice and hot there uh, towards the middle part of the season, but uh, have come back to earth a little bit. Uh, one of the last couple of games in Oakland, it would appear. So I think as that continues to increase those last handful of games, uh, you'll get more and more interaction from the Raiders fans. So it's a pass for me. I'll tell you, this is this is if you're the Titans, you cannot lose this game. You go versus Texans versus Saints at Texans that close the season. This is a must win spot if you want to make the playoffs because those next three games are daunting so you yeah. you can't you can't let this one slip by but i can see why it can be a look ahead game which will probably caution me a little bit on what type of action i put on this one but this is this must like not you cannot screw up this game mike vrabel you cannot let your team overlook these raiders and last but not least i'll pick them between the seattle seahawks traveling to the la rams uh, just it's it's the the Seahawks lines are just so frustrating because they just don't make any sense. And mm-hmm. I had a little taste on the Seahawks this past Monday, but uh, I didn't uh, fire the cannons because it just seemed like such a public play, and everyone was ba- all the quote unquote sharps were back in the Vikings. So this is another line that just doesn't make any sense. The Seahawks should be laying points here. The Rams have no real quote unquote home field advantage. Um, Jared Goff has looked pretty awful, and I know they're coming off a big win against the Cardinals, but, uh, I mean, the, the Seahawks should be laying the lumber against this Rams secondary, this Rams team, and Jadavion Clowney and the Seahawks pass rush should be getting all over Jared Goff and making him very uncomfortable in that pocket. So uh, I'll, I'll back the Seahawks. I think this number should be, should be bigger, uh, or, you know, the Seahawks should be laying points. So... Uh, I'll be on the site Seahawks. Yeah, Seahawks for pa- or pass for me. I'm not buying into any of the Rams hype from last week. Uh, blitzing a uh, Arizona team in a get-right spot. This is a divisional game. Uh, intriguingly, I wonder, what's the so the Rams are three games four with five to go. Yeah, I mean this is a must-win spot for the Rams. That's really the only thing that's giving me even the slightest amount of pause from just hammer timing the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I I cannot wait to see how the next 18 months plays out for the LA Rams because this is their roster 
and there is no flexibility, no <laughs> pliability, and no draft picks. So how does the team progress from now until the end of the season? Have they given up? I think last week was a good indication that they haven't. Um, so, again, that's really the only thing that's given me any pause from from firing away on, on Seahawks. But generally, from a premise uh, kind of what Scott was talking about, I agree. I, I think they're the better team really at every position, especially a quarterback. Um, but having to go on the road in division, usually you lean towards the home team there. It's going to be interesting. And I, like you said, Jared, this whole, I know the Sean McVay thing has kind of slowly been last year that they couldn't talk enough about this guy. And then all of a sudden, it's radio silence. No one's talking about him anymore. It must be nice to be one of those guys that can, when you're doing great, gets all the praise in the world. But when things are going horrible, it's like you don't exist. I feel like most like people in their life, it's when they're doing things right and, and things are going great, no one really says anything. But then when you screw up, that's when everyone notices. For that's Sean McVay, it's just the opposite. Attention. Yeah. <laughs> just... Some people are luckier, I guess. That's, I mean, that's the NFL, though. Like, I just, like, he's gonna mess up and he's gonna fall short, and it's like these. The human mind is trained to just extrapolate things into the future in a straight line, and it's like the guy can't win fifteen games like every year. Right. Just not. Doesn't happen. So they're gonna have a drawback. I'm way more worried about the roster than I am about mm-hmm. the coach. No, I agree. And there's nothing they can do. Uh, Jalen Ramsey has been proven over and over again to, I think, be a cancer on a team. And now they're stuck with that huge contract, and they gave up the farm for that Well, guy. I was saying, now they got to pay him. Yeah. They had to pay him. Oh, yeah. I should say. <sighs> they're going to regret it. Yeah, well, what, are you going to give up all the picks they did and then... <laughs> and then cut them? No chance. And then, yeah, and then not sign them? I mean, that's you're assuming that that's the case when you trade for them. Yeah, yeah, that's a marriage license for better or for worse. They are stuck. <laughs> it doesn't. Well, I wonder what uh, what what's going on with Tyler Lockett. He's been silent the past three games, and they really need him to get right for that playoff push. I mean, uh, I just uh, I'd love to know if he's still if he's still how banged up he is off uh, that leg injury he sustained a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it'll be yeah, interesting. I don't know. He was like you said it. It uh, Russ was thrown to some, not some no names, but he is really linked up with DK Metcalf. Yes. Yeah. Which I I was hoping would be the case at the beginning of the season. And uh, fun fact for all you folks that listen to this podcast about the recap of uh, Mississippi State and Ole Miss, DK <laughs> Metcalf was the original dog pisser mm-hmm. for Ole Miss. Uh, but they were up by like 40, so it didn't matter. Not, yeah, exactly. Not uh, down <laughs> one trying to tie the game. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he <laughs> – I wonder if DK Metcalf made more to go to uh, to Ole Miss or on his rookie deal with the, with the Seahawks. Because <laughs> he was definitely – Part of that class where it was like, why is Ole Miss recruiting so well? <laughs> oh, because they're paying the kids lots of money. <laughs> Not just paying. Paying for yeah. the kids to have lots paying of fun. Paying and servicing. <laughs> uh, we'll pay for the car. We'll service the car. 
It'll you be service in the car. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, so there's a taste of college. Ew. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. At least that guy's out of the dental chair now and is actually on the sideline coaching games. <laughs> we haven't talked about him in a long time. Scott, oh, there was man. a the head coach from Ole Miss that got in trouble for all this, went to Liberty. And for like the first couple games, it's not he had like back issues and so he couldn't mm-hmm. stand. So this guy was literally in a hospital bed in the in the coach's box calling the no game. No way. Dead serious. What a sicko. And then for the next game so this is he got another this is his new job. Uh new head new head coaching gig. And they traveled in week two and they bought him like a dental chair and shipped it to where they were playing and they set it up in the in the box for him so he could coach the game. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's dedication, yeah. folks. Um, but unless you two got anything else to add, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, I was just, you know, non-football related, but just perusing of the, the potentially new owner of the New York Mets. Ooh, Ooh baby. Um, I'm a Steve Cohen. May have heard of him. Yeah. You may have heard of him. <laughs> uh, so, uh, as a... as a uh, Will Pond's going to sell? Uh, he, they must have some serious liquidity issues. Uh, <laughs> so, maybe the, the trust fund has run out for them, those poor guys. So, uh, I think it sounds like they're uh, going to the sell... Poor bastards have got to sell the team. 80% to, to Stevie Cohen. Wow. Well, the po- the point seventy two box at uh, at Mets games will be awfully fun to be in if you can uh, work your way into that one. <laughs> You're not a Mets fan, are you? Um, I I don't really care about baseball. I grew up a Mets fan. Poor guy. <laughs> well, we're we're starting to talk baseball, and that ended, and that no, that's, that, it's hard that, to talk baseball. We lost all the listeners. We lost all the yeah, listeners. Exactly. They've stopped listening. But for those of you who made it through this. We really appreciate it. Once again, I'm Michael Larson. That's Jerry Larson and Scott Panza. Thanks so much, junkies. We're out of here. See ya. Suck <laughs> <laughs>